White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow, Carl Pittman has put the White Sox ahead. There goes number 400 for Big Fred Burns. It's a perfect game. His second no hitter. You can't put it on the board. Yeah. Can it go? Grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Have all the fun you want, Tim Anderson. This one is... Locked on Sox. Sox. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey. And the best White Sox talk is on Locked on Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome back to Locked on Sox. We are coming to you. It's Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill, episode number 39. And it's good to be back with my partner, Chris Tannehill. What's going on, Chris? Herbie, what's good, man? Uh, feeling good here. Uh, happy Memorial Day to everyone out there. Hopefully everyone got a chance to get out, get a little bit of sun, maybe spend some time with some family and friends. Uh, I'm always feeling good when we can welcome aboard new friends to the podcast. And I want to say a big Lockdown White Sox welcome to our new friends at Built Bar. That's right. Today's episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a new sponsor for Locked On Sox, and boy, they came right on time. You know, I've been cooped up here in the house eating nothing but junk, everything uh, in sight I've been <laughs> I've been eating. Uh, not always the healthiest of options. Uh, and, you know, I get this box of Built Bars at my doorstep, and I couldn't wait to dive in and enjoy a snack that's packed with protein and comes in so many great flavors, Herbie. Indeed. Um, my favorite is the banana nut. I've tried the, the mint chocolate chip. That's good. Oh. The peanut butter. Man, I mean, I'm a fan. It doesn't taste it. And those guys like myself who've tried protein bars in the past, it doesn't taste like those typical disgusting protein bars. It's actually delicious. It's almost like a candy bar without all the sugar and such. Exactly. You know, I'm always looking for a snack to curve my my sweet tooth. You know, you work with me every day. You see every day around three o'clock, I'm going for something out of the vending machine. But uh, Built Bar definitely does the trick. If you're if you're someone like me, he's always looking for, you know, a perfect, you know, mid afternoon snack to keep you going at work. Uh, Not only are Built Bars high in protein. Uh, so they fill you up, but they taste great, too. I couldn't believe they had one of my favorite flavor combos, the one you just mentioned, of course, the mint chocolate chip. I know you guys have probably had other types of protein bars in the past, but Built Bar has seven times fewer the carbs and fewer the sugar and half the calories. So it's more protein, fills you up, and it tastes great also. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On and get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. That's right. You go to BuiltBar.com and you can make your own box, your own variety pack of Built Bars like the one we got. You know, you get your your chocolate and, and your, your mint chocolate chip and your orange chocolate creme. Oh, it's so good. So make sure you go to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On and get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. So welcome aboard to our friends at Built Bar. Hopefully we get to get some game action 
pretty soon here. You know, happy Memorial Day, like I said earlier. We're episode 37 because we jumped around a little bit and uh, we we need to go in in numerical order, even though we have more than 37 podcasts available, but we kind of skipped mm-hmm. over. So we were talking about great number 37s in White Sox history, and I think all roads lead back to one guy, Herbie. Who were you thinking? I mean, I always think about Matt Thornton, but weirdly enough, I think about the bad Matt Thornton times, the home run uh, Jim Tomey still hit, oh. like just traveling to Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul uh, right now still. Um, yeah, so 37, I think about Matt Thornton and postgame shows with uh, Chris Ronji uh, defending him. That's right. We worked a lot of White Sox games, probably more than anyone should ever have to in a lifetime, especially during all those lean years. But you think about Matt Thornton. Uh, 2010, he was an American League All-Star, and if, if you don't believe me when I say that relief pitchers kind of had a, have a weird existence in, in baseball, check out Matt Thornton's 2010 season. He's an All-Star, right? But then what does he do? Do you remember what happened in that 2010 All-Star game? Uh, did he get in that game? He did. And don't he, recall. He gave up the game-winning hit to uh, Brian McCann, I believe, uh, in Anaheim when Brian McCann was a Brave. So he he blows the he gets the loss in that All-Star game in 2010, I believe. And then late in that season, you mentioned the Jim Tomey home run, and that triggers me uh, so many reasons because if you go back and watch it, that, that, that was a really – Really testy series with the Twins. I believe there was a thing between AJ and Delman Young in that series, like a, a pseudo collision. And then, you know, the Sox and Twins are battling uh, for division race, as was the custom at the time back when the Sox were good. Um, but the Twins were always the nemesis, and Matt Thornton comes in to save a game. Jim Tomey hits a home run out to right field, and you knew it right away. And I just remember about that is going back and listening to the hawk call, which is it's one of the signature hawk calls for him not saying anything for a good 30, 40 seconds. Because the bigger the game, the more silence you get from Hawk. But also, mm-hmm. I remember going back and watching the Twins broadcast call. And Burt Blylevin, I think it was Burt Blylevin who just, he's just laughing the entire time. Because it was such... Uh, a, a, a gargantuan home run in such oh, big God. a spot off the former team. And I just remember Burt Blylevin laughing the whole time. And if you go back and watch that home run highlight, I'm pretty sure you can see our guy Ron Coomer in right field. I don't know if he was doing like post-game television work at the time, but he's out there just kicking it with uh-huh. the peeps, and he's got a big smile on his face. And it's pretty much everything you hate about Minnesota Twins and the White Sox rivalry, just laughter at our expense, and Ron Coomer having a good time. But that it was a weird year in 2010. Thornton, of course, he blows those three straight saves earlier in the year. Didn't get much help from the defense, but yeah, no doubt about it. We uh, we we dealt with a lot of calls, you know, people who thought Matt Thornton was a lot worse than he actually was. I remember, uh, I think it was twenty oh seven. Matt Thornton came to the score. Do you remember that at all, Herb? I do not remember that he actually came in studio. Yeah, he came in uh, and stopped by and paid a visit to uh, to Mullane Hanley back in the day. Uh, I think when they first uh, launched the morning show, which was uh, maybe it had been oh nine, maybe it was earlier. I don't know. So Matt Thornton comes and he brought his wife, who he met while his wife was working at a Starbucks when he was pitching for the Mariners. So they met mm. at Starbucks and got married, and they were both cool as hell. Like you know, I don't know if anyone thought Matt Thornton would be a dick, but he was super cool. Uh, and yeah, it was just a really good dude and uh, pretty good for the White Sox for uh, a lot of years. So uh, with that, uh, here we go, episode thirty-seven. Did you know, Herbie, that today? is the first time since 
1880 that there is no baseball on Memorial Day. Your thoughts? Wow. Yeah. Um, it works. I think you know people are kind of mad because of you know the virus slowing us down, and this is why we haven't been doing a lot of shows. Because what's there to talk about? I understand people's desire to have baseball at a certain time. Memorial Day, the beginning of summer, the unofficial beginning of summer. So you should be watching a game today, um, a matinee versus the White Sox versus some team that's going to beat them um, uh, today with the weird hats on and such. But as long as we're, as a country, people are staying healthy, I don't care about games if the players don't get the money that they want, I don't care about games. Come out for a fair reason. Don't just come out because we're missing baseball. We'll catch you on the flip side, dudes. Uh, it's tough, but also this is the most serious of times where people are dying at a hundred thousand people in the United States have died. Yeah, we'll 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 calm down on celebrating baseball on Memorial Day. I don't care if we miss the actual games going on. And I know that people echo my sentiments too, because this is a serious fight that we're in right now. And you know, those, those numbers are only going to climb back up again. Once you see all the, all the people that are celebrating this weekend. And I, and I know it's tough, especially when the weather's real nice, but you gotta be careful out there. I know a lot of people think that this whole thing is a, is a hoax, but talk to one person who's been affected by this. I know business owners, uh, you know, people who run restaurants who, who have been, uh, you know, infected by the virus and, you know, had to shut everything down and people who have lost loved ones due to it. So I know, you know, if you're if you're a healthy person in your 20s and 30s, it's not going to affect you much. But again, it's not about that. It's about the people that are most vulnerable in our lives. And, you know, I was reading Jeff Passan wrote a great piece for ESPN.com sort of setting up the week ahead for the MLBPA and the and the owners about what's going to happen. And he said this could be the most important week uh, for baseball uh, this year because odds are by the end of the week we're going to find out if there's going to be a season or not. And I kind of agree with you, Herbie. I'm pretty much lockstep with you on, you know, if I was a player and, and I was being offered, first of all, you're, you're offered – a 50% pay cut, and then all of a sudden the owners want to flip the script because now there's not going to be fans. So now you're getting a, uh, half of that or whatever it is, you know, and then they want you to go out there and risk infection and then risk having you pass that on to someone. You know, everyone's got different circumstances. Not everyone, just because they're in their, their 20s and they're relatively healthy people, that doesn't mean they don't have people in their lives who could be affected by this. So we have to take that in, into consideration. And, you know, I get there's going to be guys that want to play because I, I said from the very beginning that I think there's going to be players who are on the verge of, of getting a new contract or players who are possibly on their way out playing their last year. They want to get out there and play because they don't want to feel like they played their last game a year ago without ever knowing it. So I get that part of it, too. But I think what we all want is just a safe environment for the players to play in, uh, for the owners to open up the books because that's going to have to get done here if if they want to have uh, a real shot at this. They've got to be transparent with the players, and it's not really beneficial to anyone going forward to either side, especially, you know, you talk about 2021 and the new labor agreement. It's going to get real tricky here, and I'm really worried that we're not going to have baseball. 
I'm worried for for two reasons. We're we're not going to have it because the owners and players aren't going to come to an agreement. Meanwhile, other sports are kind of figuring out their way back in, in into the landscape, and NFL football is probably going to go on as scheduled because they have the luxury of playing later on in the year. And uh-huh. baseball is going to look really bad if they can't get it together because of financial issues. But what I worry about more than anything. If they get something done, they get a tentative agreement done, they can negotiate in good faith and kind of put their differences aside and say, hey, look, this the next couple of years, are this is different. This is not what anyone planned on. No one wants it. So we're just going to have to put our differences aside and maybe work on something else like in 2023. Kick the can down the road, through the road a little bit. But what I worry about is MLB rushing to start back up and then having to stop immediately after. That's my number one concern, and I, I think that's inevitable. Yeah, I think also, yeah, there's definitely going to be people who are going to be sick, affected by this, teams, uh, players, families, and things like that. I don't see this going as smooth as other people think it will be. Like, we haven't contained this disease. We're not the same as Korea. We're not the same as Germany or New Zealand, who had great leadership and had testing, had tracing, had people locked down and not complain that they're not outside in the sunshine and not complain that they haven't had a haircut in a while. I see your haircut right now. You don't have one. Like Your hair is really big. Mine too. Oh yeah, mine's long on top, but thankfully I got myself a real one here. My wife has been uh, tapering uh, the backs and the sides because I can't I can't live uh, with 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 scruffy neck hair and and hair on the sides that's scruffy. So I, I said, don't worry about touching the top. We'll see. We'll let that that grow out a little bit. But as long as you taper up the the, the back of the sides, we're smooth. So I'm very uh, you get, get yourself a real one. Yeah, I hope you know you you guys out there. You, you've got a significant other that'll take care of you like that because I think that's been a big part of my mental sanity is getting a mm-hmm. pseudo regular. Uh, haircut, you know, just that feeling of sitting down and having someone, you know, run the clippers through your hair. It's good. So hopefully you guys feel it. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't gone all out like, like, uh, like zero fade, to be honest. I mean, I did that back in the day when I was in my twenties and thirties, I used to do that, you know, once a year where I just shave it all off, but I'm kind of liking, I'm letting the beard grow out. I'm letting the hair on top grow out just, you know, because I can, and no one's really seeing it's me and you in the studio and then maybe a part-time producer. So no one's really seeing me. I usually have a hat on. So I just said, forget it. You know, let's take this time to grow out the hair. Don't need a haircut right now. And if I did, I like you said, I can put the zeros on and go bald. But, you know, it's not that serious, people. You're not going to work. You don't need to look good. And if you do, have like Danny has. Have somebody in your family do your hair for you. So it's not that serious. I understand the weather's great these last couple days so you want to get out and you want to do things but you can't you can't you can't this is very serious that we need to eradicate this thing before we feel safe from the stands um that's not going to happen this year because of our plans because of what we've done so um and we want to have the game the actual game to be played we can't have people coming out doing things because those people doing things like the people of the Lake of the Ozarks, the people on the lakefront, the people outside um, congregating in small thing in small groups without any mask on, are going to go back to their place and infect other people. And maybe those people know a baseball player or an executive or a clubby or somebody that is connected to the baseball team. And then we're going to have a, a 
a delayed season again because we open up the country too quickly. And hopefully I'm wrong. Hey, come back on this episode. If you think, uh, mark this down. If, if I'm wrong, I'd love to be wrong. But I think we're going to have a delay in the baseball season after we get everything get to going. Maybe it, before it even starts because we're just out here acting like nothing has happened. We're acting like the NFL, like we're continuing with our lives where we know this thing is serious. Now, me and you know that from more than anybody. Because we go to work, we see the empty streets, we see nobody at our job. So well, uh, we're a- constantly reminded that this is real stuff. Yeah, that's another part of this. You know, people think of, of those of us in media and, you know, they, they think automatically they think, okay, left leaning, you know, you know, holier than thou, you know, talking down to people. Look, I'm going to be the first one to acknowledge I'm incredibly lucky. I'm sure you would say the same that we're both working. My wife's working, you know, dealing with, you know, homeschooling has been tough. But other than that, our, our life hasn't been affected much other than certain family members who we can or cannot see. Um, but other than that, life is pretty much moving on as normal, and I'm I'm incredibly lucky in that regard. You know, we've got a nice space here at our at our crib where today we had the pool out. We you know the little blow up pool. We took it out in the yard, did some grilling. It's 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 great. You know, when you can feel like you're getting away, but you know, being safe at the same time and not going out and and, and running the risk of infecting someone else. But I don't want to be insensitive. I know it's hard for a lot of people. A lot of people listening to us right now, you know, lost their job and and they're trying to figure out what's going to happen and and they want things to open back up again. But I'm telling you, if things open back up before before they're they're ready scientifically, before the doctors and scientists say that's all good, it's going to shut down again. And then we're going to be looking at doing this whole thing all over again. You know, we're going to be having the same conversation like in August or September. And then they're talking about maybe a second wave of the virus. And then who knows what that, you know, metamorphosis of the virus that mutation will look like at, at that point so again i you know i don't like living my life living my life in fear i'm not suggesting that people do that either but at the same time we still have to we there's we're only like two months into this thing since sports mm-hmm. since sports stopped and i know it feels like it's taking forever and and trust me it is we'd much rather be talking about you know lucas giolito taking the bump yesterday and, and shutting down whoever you know i even i tore down the schedule i had in here it's yeah. so sad when we when we missed our san francisco trip i tore the schedule down but we'd much rather be talking about that and we're definitely thinking about you out there if you guys lost work or you know someone who's affected by it but we have to be smart about this and i don't want the whole podcast to be about this because you know there's a lot other better things we could be talking about and i don't want to talk about this this every day you guys know the situation it's a big week for baseball you know if they're going to need a lot of luck in this they're going to need a lot of good faith negotiating between players and owners they're going to need billionaires to be sympathetic people which generally speaking not always a good game plan but i'm you know i i'm hoping the players get what they need what they need to feel comfortable and what their families need to feel comfortable and we'll keep it moving. And if they're going to start, they're going to start. You know, I, there's there's no sense in 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 living in fear and and not starting. I mean, we can't live like this forever. So if they're going to start, they're going to start. There's nothing we can do about it. And hopefully, they get a little luck, or they can expedite uh, a vaccine faster than people thought. I heard there's there's some good things coming down the uh, the pipeline. You know, but other than that. Uh, the main reason why we haven't been doing this podcast is obviously the last dance. 
<laughs> yeah, usually I mean, we re- we record usually eight nine o'clock on a Sunday night, and that's when the last dance has been has been popping up. So uh, there's a few White Sox things we're going to get to, but Herbie, your thoughts on the last dance? Excellent, just everything about it, except for a couple things they left out. I was not happy with, but the stuff that they had in the piece much more honest than I thought they would be. They're pretty much at the white, uh, Michael Jordan thing about his Bulls playing days uh, and with those guys on the side as exactly what they were as their playing days, like role players. Except for Scottie Pippen, this is the problem I had with it. They didn't really get into how great a player Scottie Pippen was and they left out his most iconic moment i think of his career some might say the dunk over ewing but when he goes to carl malone on the free throw line in the 2000 was at 1997 finals and says the mailman the mailman doesn't deliver on sundays and then he bricks those free throws that's iconic that's <laughs> what you hear about that's calling a shot that's predicting a winner it's just so good the line was so perfect it's more cold-blooded than that- anything jordan ever did on a court and we, know, okay. we, we never hear anything about it. And it's factual, too. The mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday. I was like, man, I heard about that. I was like, that's great. And they didn't even talk about it. They barely talked about the uh, 97 final. But uh, I, that's the only thing I think that I needed. Maybe a little more Craig Hodges or any Craig Hodges would have been great to give a opposing view. A guy who you know was kicked out of the league, maybe blackmailed out of the league. He has a very interesting story. They could have gotten to what his backstory was, too. They got into Steve Kerr's, so I would love a little bit of uh, what Craig Hodges went through, a local guy, too. Yeah, and you know there are some White Sox uh, angles, of course. You know, Jordan you know, retiring from the NBA and then deciding to play baseball. Um, you know, there was another famous White Sox number 37 uh, in, in the Last Dance documentary, and that was the general manager at the time, Ron Schuler. There was a brief uh, clip of Ron Schuler's press conference uh, mentioning, you know, them, uh, you know, signing Jordan. I thought that was pretty funny. But, uh, you know, Ron Schuler, of course, you know, famous for signing Bo Jackson, guys like Ellis Burks, Jose Valentin, uh, DJ, of course. He was the GM right before Kenny Williams, so... Ron Schuler got a little bit of love in there. And, uh, yeah, be on the lookout. I, I did a podcast yesterday with uh, with Bulls Talk, uh, NBC Sports Chicago Bulls Talk. So that was with Lawrence Holmes, Jason Goff, uh, and DJ J. Illa, of course, who's the Chicago Bears uh, in-house DJ and is one of the great DJs in the city of Chicago. We did a podcast yesterday talking about uh, Michael Jordan and his uh, influence on hip-hop culture, even though Jordan was not a hip-hop head. And we talked about your guy. Uh, who you had on Lawrence's show, Jordan's guy Lattimore. We talked about him a little bit and what a psychopath Jordan is for having that be his yes. pump-up music. <laughs> yes, very much so. It's, it doesn't fit at all. But, yeah, that's a weird, interesting topic. I'll be definitely listening in for the Bulls Talk podcast with you, Jayla, Lawrence, and Jason Goff. Was Tony on there at all? Uh, no, he, he, did, he didn't chime in. I guess he had some garbage takes that they would not let him get off, but he was there moderating. <laughs> you know, he's the producer, Tony Gill. I guess he had some thoughts on LL, and he didn't want to come on and get oh, clowned. Yeah. yeah, so he, yeah, he, yeah. he's terrible. He thinks LL Cool J and Ice Cube are garbage actors <laughs> who maybe did some hip-hop before. Yeah. Just, so. He just uh, so infuriating. But, yeah, the, the White Sox angle of The Last Dance was very interesting to me because I remember Remember, and I tweeted about this the day they're playing the 1993 ALCS. Don't mention that series, Herb. Don't mention that series. 
I, I'm just saying, like, I knew that I didn't know the series was over, but I knew I was pissed at Jordan for doing the announcing. I know he didn't do it, but somebody had to tell him that, hey, he's retiring. And I remember the mood of everything was just so sour. It's like, I don't care about baseball anymore type of thing. Like, the best basketball player of all time is retiring. And that's so sad. So that's what I remember that angle. And then his playing days as a White Sox player, he was fine for a guy who didn't pick up a bat for 13 plus years, hitting 202 and uh, 50 knocks and all the uh, stats, a couple stolens. That's pretty remarkable what he did there at Double A. It's a tough league. That 93 ALCS, you talk about, I was 10 years old at the time. My whole world was White Sox baseball in the summer. Bulls basketball in the winter, and that was pretty much it, you know. <laughs> I was you know, 10 years old in fifth grade or whatever, and that ALCS, you're like, finally, like 93 White Sox, those were my guys. Finally, they're in the playoffs. Like, you know, they're four wins away from the World Series. Like, you know, it didn't even happen in my dad's lifetime. You know, you know, he was only four years old in 59, so it's like, all right, this is a big moment for everyone, and then here comes Jordan retiring. So you have these mixed emotions, and oh my God, my favorite basketball player is retiring, but also now no one's excited about the White Sox anymore. No one cares about them. Not at all. It's really symptomatic of like the White Sox existence in this town, because if you don't remember, for the younger listeners out there, but it wasn't necessarily a Cubs town in the early nineties as it is now it was, those years, there was, you know, not a lot of great teams, you know, the Cubs had won their division in 89 and the, the Sox winning it in 93 and, and Frank Thomas, before you talk about Dennis Rodman and, and everyone else was on those Bigsby and Crothers billboards, Frank Thomas was up there too, along with Ryan Sandberg and some of the other Chicago sports legends. So, it, you know, Frank Thomas ran this town on the, from the baseball end for a lot of years. And then I, I think, after Jordan retired during that series and the Sox couldn't hit against a real tough uh, Toronto Blue Jays team that year, that was kind of like the beginning of, of uh, the, the White Sox comforting warm bath of irrelevance <laughs> going forward because, of course, there was the baseball strike uh, next year and, you know, that team kind of fizzled out and, you know, didn't win a World Series uh, until, you know, 2005. But, yeah, that was a really bad time for, for young Chris Tannehill in my life, as I'm sure it was for a lot of you uh, listeners out there. Um, I do want to throw a bouquet uh, to the White Sox and Jerry Reinsdorf because Ken Rosenthal had this tweet a few days ago. It says, uh, hashtag White Sox, another club keeping all employees with full salaries and benefits through June 30th, sources tell The Athletic. Some with the White Sox had hours adjusted because of changing workloads, but salaries stayed the same. Others with no furloughs, pay cuts through June 30th, the Twins and the Cardinals. So where everyone's given a lot of applause to the White Sox for this, for taking care of their employees, you know, you get nervous when you see until June 30th. Um, I, I hope they do the right thing and, and do it for another month or two until games get back going again. I hope they do it for the rest of the year, quite frankly. There's no reason why they shouldn't if you want to take care of people. Um, but, yeah, good good job by the White Sox so far on how they've handled this with their employees. Herb. Yeah, I've always said Jerry Reinsdorf is a great owner and a terrible owner. The one thing about his greatness is his loyalty, the fact that he is into the minority hiring program. He's uh, a guy who, you know, if you have a job with him and you want to stay employed, he will give you a job for the White Sox or the Bulls. Like when Randy Brown was destitute, you know, selling his championship ring, Jerry Reinsdorf reached out 
and gave him a job, and he stayed employed. I think up until last year, where they realized he can't coach at all. But you know, they still—I'm sure Randy Brown is still collecting a check somewhere from a Jerry Reinsdorf-owned company because that man is a great, great owner, a good philanthropist. He loves to have people in positions to succeed. Like he gave the job to Kenny Williams, the first African American uh, uh, general manager here, and then let him do his thing, gave the job to Ozzie Guillen, the first Latin American to win a World Series. The man is a well-rounded, probably great guy, but also is well maligned because he does some cheap type things, but it's never cheap with his team. Like, he paid Jordan, told Pippen not to sign the thing, and didn't, you know, renegotiate it. You got principles, I don't agree with them, but the man's got principles where he didn't renegotiate that contract. I think Jerry Reinsdorf and the White Sox need to be applauded because I'll go hard on them when they do mess up. Rightfully so. What do you say, Herbie? It's been a while. Should we open up the mailbag? A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. Always. Thank you guys for staying with the mailbag. And I appreciate you guys for staying with this show. When we post it, I know I'm going to get a couple... Uh, text and Twitter's uh, memes that say, hey, good job. Welcome back. I didn't know who you guys are, but thank you for staying with us through this time. I know that uh, some of you had some appointment listening, but you know, you're know you not going to work anymore on your drive, so we're not probably going to do these unless we have some actual things to talk about. Never will force these things. Yeah, I don't like forcing them. I don't like watering down the content. You know, If you want to catch your your, your, your White Sox game replays. NBC Sports Chicago has been, been rocking with you all year. I believe they've got the clincher tonight, game three of the 2005 ALDS, the El Duque mm. game. So if you want to you know, relive a lot of that stuff, it's, it's certainly fun to, to relive a lot of that, but that's you know, not something we're particularly interested in doing. And not only that, but we don't have the time to do it. Like I mentioned before, you know, I, I got a kid in kindergarten, and, and I've taken on the brunt of – helping with the schoolwork and you know it's been really difficult finding the extra time so when we can uh we'll we'll get back at it and just talk because i could talk to herbie for days but let's open up that mailbag Punch that back in later. Who's all jacked up? Anyway, mailbag new new open for the mailbag. It's only right. It's one of my. Uh, it's it's. I th- would say it's my favorite segment. We do, Herbie. I do enjoy it because it's uh, participation from our listeners who you know ask us questions about the White Sox and more. You can ask us about our lives and such. We might not answer it, but ask us anything. Yeah, it's actually the only segment we do, so that's why it's my favorite. Uh, First, I want to say hello to, of course, to uh, to Pete Hand, who hit us up after the last episode. We were talking about ugly baseball cards, and and he had oh, yeah. he had Don Mossy's uh, uh, ugly face in our in our email. And if you want to send us an email, uh, lockedonsocks at gmail That's lockedonsocks at gmail But I open it up, first thing I see is Don Mossy's baseball card. So thank you, Pete Hand, who I knew he would come through with that one. Uh, Very unfortunate looking man. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, Pete Hand. Uh, and we got uh, another email from our guy Jimbo uh, on Twitter at Midway Jimbo, who is one of the great listeners uh, to the score and, of course, the Locked On Sox. Jimbo says this Herb and Chris, first, I want to thank you for your time and effort putting together Locked On Sox podcast as I have been enjoying it from episode one. 
Jimbo's probably pissed that I jumped on board. He's probably enjoying the Herb Solo thing. Uh, but <laughs> sorry, Jimbo. I never doubted I would, as I have been a loyal listener of 670 The Score for the past 20 years. I still have a cassette Thank of you. my first call into Tommy Williams to express Fine. my love for Jose Valentin in the year 2000. The B side of the tape is my first call into Mike North show. Woof, woof. I got to hear that tape. I, I, I used to call... Uh, Jay Hood show that was like yeah. I never felt compelled to pick up a phone and call Sports Talk Radio, but I would call Hood show. I don't know if you remember this Herb. If you were if you were in New I York, probably, I probably worked that show. Well, I'm saying, do you remember when like the last like 15 minutes of a Hood show before they sent it off to national syndication? I don't I don't remember what the carrier was at the time. Maybe it was Sporting News Radio, but he would just it would basically be score hello, and it was pretty much running the the gambit of every single one of Jay hoods inside show bits, like basically, and all the bits were like making fun of other shows yes. <laughs> or, or making fun of, uh, of, I think it was Tim Ryan who was doing the, uh, the, 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 oh. the or was it was, it could have been Fox sports radio at the time, but it was making fun of him. And I would call and it, you'd be dropping non sequiturs, uh, that were, that were only relevant to Jay hood show listeners. But Jay hood was, he's, he's the dude, man. He's one of our friends in the business. And, he had like my favorite iteration of of pre World Series angsty White Sox post game shows where you could check him out, you know, after a Sox game ended and talk about Jose Valentin's many errors and, and many home runs that he hit in a particular how game. He on, yeah, how he should only hit left handed. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so Jimbo writes, you know, he he called in a Tommy Williams. Uh, to talk Fox. to talk about Jose Valentin back in the day, which brings me to my mailback question. Uh, A reply to this email would be great as it may not fit in the podcast format. We'll tell you what fits in the podcast format, my friend. As an avid listener to 670 The Score since I was 15, I have thoroughly enjoyed all the discussion, both sports and otherwise. Through this time, I can't help but feel like I've become friends with the host and producers at the station. We spend so much time together, albeit virtually, that you can't help but create these artificial relationships. Is that weird? I'm finding it hard to type this without sounding single white female level creepy, but I have pondered this for a while. I feel like if I were to run into you guys at a remote or a Sox event, we can pop right into a comfortable conversation. But do you guys feel the same way? How has your experience with listener interaction been? I don't want to be that kind of kid that annoys Frank Thomas while he's buying his jewelry at Water Tower Place, right? There you go, Jimbo. That's a that's a lockdown Sox listener with a deep cut. Me talking about the first time I saw Frank Thomas uh, outside of uh, of of Whiskey Park in person. But uh, yeah, so Jimbo wants to know about our you know interaction with the listeners, and and I'll say, just speaking only personally, then then you can take it wherever you want to take it, but. During this whole thing, you know, a lot of people have stuck with us uh, at the station and through the podcast, and and they're not going anywhere because they understand that what we do is more. It's not necessarily sports talk, but it's about connecting people together, and and I feel like we're only building that connection with people, and we're only fortifying it even stronger during these unprecedented times without sports, but it's, you know, it's been fun uh, some days, but maybe because, you know, the pers- it gives you perspective, right? You, you know, a fun day during these times is not like a fun day when you're talking about two baseball teams in town and you're, you're recapping an NFL draft or talking about training camp and you got 
you know, uh, a couple uh, your winter tenant teams in the playoffs. Like it's not fun at that level, but it's fun at a level because you get to talk to people like Jimbo and you understand that you're connecting with people. So, you know, it's been very rewarding. And I, I think that's what radio and this podcast format, it's all about. It's like, you don't know us personally, but when you're listening to someone in the way you listen to us on the radio or on podcast, it, it is an intimate medium. And that's why I've always loved radio because you, you're, you're, you're pouring out your heart to people for hours a day. And if you're doing it right, people will feel like they know you. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah. I like when people recognize what we do, or it's very weird to go out and have somebody recognize you or I at the, like on the White Sox game. I think some guy was like, Hey, Tanny Herb. And you know, we're sitting there. We have talk. We'll BS with you forever. We're not above anybody. We, we're just regular people. We're fans talking to fans. Hey. But so, yeah, I don't uh, mind. I love when people come up and say, what's up? And yeah, you're right, Jimbo. Like that relationship, it might be one sided, but we come to a game and you see us say, what's up? Like our guy, John Shank, met us out at Pittsburgh. Like I told the story many times, bought the first round. I think Tanny bought the second round or Brendan bought the second round. And just, you know, back and forth, talking, chopping it up. Tanny's eating some some crabby fries. Um, <laughs> chicken and I pizza. I remember all these. Chicken and pizza, delicious. And so, yeah, that was a great time. We just, like, stood at the uh, Pete, what, Pittsburgh and just BS with a guy that we had just met right then. And he's been one of our good people since then. And we hope to see him on the road in the not-too-distant future. Damn it, San Francisco. That's still... Chaps my hide. That's the only thing I feel bad about is that we didn't get to go to San Francisco and see that ballpark because it's supposed to be the best. Yeah, Herbie and I were, were leaving work a couple weeks ago. It would have been the same weekend that we were supposed to be out in San Francisco and we are looking up the weather. What's the weather like in San Francisco? Oh, it's not that great. Oh, we would have had a terrible time, obviously, because <laughs> cool cool temperatures and like no rain uh, and great food. It would have been just awful. We would have hated every second of it. But such is life, man. Like I, I moved on pretty quickly. It, it stung the weekend. Like I think it was that Thursday before we were supposed to leave when you were like, hey, we would have been packing uh, for the trip tonight. That's when I, I was uh, very upset that night. <laughs> like I had forgotten about it because there's so much other stuff going on. But when you said that, I was just like, you know, that that Denzel Washington gift where he's Malcolm X pounding the table. That was me that night. But yeah, yeah, the it was because uh, Google had reminded me that uh. the hotel I'm supposed to stay in the hotel the whole week, and I was like, ah, you son of a bitch. I know Google doesn't. You know, I'm glad it did what it's supposed to do but it doesn't know things are canceled and such so it reminded me i was like i hate you google i'm gonna work under the assumption that they're just gonna have this year's schedule next year and i know you know the the athletic wrote a piece about you know it was it was just a thing where it was talking about what opening day at wrigley field would look like in 2022 and they were talking about how it was the first time big crowds gathered ever again i i don't want to go that far i'm gonna I'm going to roll the dice on this one. You know, if I had to bet that there's going to be a vaccine for this by the time next baseball season rolls around, I I would, I would bet on that. You know, I'm not going to, 
pe- the people who live now in these days and times, not only just Americans, but the ingenuity of people all across the world is is unparalleled. It's unmatched to any time that people have ever been living on Earth. And this is like the biggest curveball we've ever gotten as a species. So um, I, I think we're going to have a vaccine uh, in, in short order here, relatively speaking. And I, and I would hope that we'll have a normal baseball season and people can get back to it next year. But as far as this year, that's pretty much out of the question. I don't think you'll see fans there at all this year. So we'll have to figure that out. And it'll be a big week for baseball this week. Um, but hopefully they and can even work. If there was like, like they said at the end, like if they're in October and like, yeah, we want fans there. Would you still go? Like I wouldn't want to go to a game, even if I was like, cleared and they got like a treatment or a vaccine no i don't want to be the first i don't want to turn into uh i don't know what that movie is it's uh will smith and he's by himself with the dog um i am legend I yeah think it is. yeah i am legend and i don't want to be that like where they get a cure for cancer and it turns out it turns people into <laughs> zombies so that's what i'm thinking you know, we're going to get a vaccine, but I don't want to be the first people. I want to be like the third or fourth people. Yeah, I don't want them to have develop a, a, a vaccine and you take it and it turns everyone into a White Sox fan. All of a sudden you have jorts and, and you grow a mullet and, you know, you got tattoos. I, I hope we don't want that happening uh, by any means, but. Uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens this week. Maybe we'll, at the end of the week, we'll uh, we'll have a follow up to this and kind of recap the week that was, and hopefully we'll we'll preview uh, what's going to be players reporting to spring training. There's going to be a lot of stuff, a lot of variables here, a lot of things that are out of everyone's control when you're talking about COVID nineteen. So we'll have to wait and see how it goes. But uh, yeah, it felt good to get back at it uh, tonight, Herbie. You know what we did in the yard? Uh, I, what did you guys do today, by the way, for uh, Memorial Day? Did you guys cook out? I, I saw you guys had a nice dinner last night, was it? Uh, probably two nights ago. We didn't do much today. She is out um, with her friend, social distance dinner tonight, out there in Glen Ellen. I am just sitting here watching this baseball game that's in front of me, but you know, Thinking about the people who get paid the ultimate sacrifice for me and you and everybody here in this country to be you know, doing the things that we do and the feel of the freedom that we sometimes abuse that uh, right now. So I'm, you know, reflecting on people who've gave their lives and you know how much that is so brave to do because I know I wouldn't have and I didn't join the army and to actually you know sign up and know that maybe you're gonna perish. And doing it for the country is a remarkable thing, and those heroes need to be celebrated. Absolutely, and you know, unfortunately, T-shirts have sort of taken all of the uh, all of the slogans away from from this sort of thing. <laughs> but when 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 you hear the phrase "freedom isn't free," there's really nothing more true than that. You know, people are paying a price, and some paying the ultimate price. And those are the people who we're thinking about today on this Memorial Day 2020 without baseball. It's, it feels weird saying it. Uh, you know, it still sometimes feels like a, a like a bad dream. But if, if you're out there listening, just try to find those little moments wherever you can, those little moments of, of normalcy. Hopefully you were able to get out there and grill today. We were grilling all weekend pretty much. And mm. tonight, I, um, well, we, we made some arachera today. Uh, oh, yeah, so is- yeah. And uh, we made burgers yesterday, some Italian sausage and peppers. Pretty much any, anything and everything, all types of stuff. I made some Greek-style ribs. 
uh, also. So it was it was good eating here at the Tannehill household. But by far the star of the show tonight is uh, I was really missing uh, the ballpark tonight when I was out there cooking because this mm-hmm. is like a perfect night where I would throw on my MLB at bat app in the backyard while I'm grilling, listening to you know the end of a Sox game or listening to to the primetime game or just anything any any baseball game that's on you know west coast an, an angels and a's game just just to have it on you know uh, i was really missing the ballpark tonight so i made elotes tonight uh it was the first ones i've had all year i came to the realization that i wasn't going to have elotes at the ballpark the rest of this calendar year so i had to make some so you, you kind of take those little simple pleasures and you kind of you know replicate those ballpark experiences any way you can whether it's like you know uh, cooking the, the 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 onions and brats uh, in your house to make it you know smell like the concourse or you know uh, you know just anything like that 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 could make you feel like you're you're living the somewhat normal baseball existence. Try to do whatever you can. Uh, it, it, those little things, those little morsels of, of normalcy and pleasure, they go a long way. So if you haven't done anything like that to sort of kind of recreate it, maybe tonight if you're watching that that Sox game three clincher in Boston in 05, make yourself uh, you know. A hot dog or some elotes or whatever you know it kind of replicated because you know it, it's one of the great joys in life whether uh, or not there's actual live baseball that's being played so it certainly it, it took me back to uh to a better time and place at the ballpark when i was when i was thinking about that tonight so uh with that we hope you all uh, stay safe out there you hold know, on Tanny. yeah what's up how'd the elote turn out eh, not quite the same okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I got kind of lazy like you know i had all the ingredients but i didn't feel like grating the cheese and doing everything it, it was pretty it was pretty good it wasn't quite the same as uh, as it is on the concourse in the 100 level but what are you gonna do it it, it, it was fine i i enjoyed it very much I, i'm too hard on myself but if you want to make a an elote at home usually they boil the corn uh, at the park but i grilled mm-hmm. grilled my corn so you grill wow. it grill it or boil it and you know you, you you if you've ever watched them do it they they shave off the sides and so off the cob they shave off the corn off of there shave it into a bowl or dish uh throw some mayo in there that yep. that tagine the the you know the uh the the red pepper seasoning the you know that toss a little bit of that in there uh, I think they do Parmesan cheese or or cotija cheese I'm not sure which one they use at the ballpark so I got the cotija cheese you have to sprinkle that in there, shave some of that in there, uh, a little lime juice and a little butter, and and then you mix that all together, and you got yourself a ballpark at Lote. Try it for yourself. It's it's not hard. I've seen them make it enough times. Uh, maybe it's just being there, uh, which gives it that little extra oomph, you know, having having the backdrop of of uh, of the ballpark. Maybe that that makes all the difference. Maybe there's something about you know the way the 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 breeze hits the the breeze from the Dan Ryan hits the Elotes concession stand. It's like you hear yeah, about the, those those the places dust in the air. Yeah, it's like those you hear about those places in in Italy where they make a specific sort of cheese because the 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 the, the, the salty ocean air you know it, it it blows back into the direction of where they make this cheese and it's you know it's only like that one place in the world maybe it's like that for ballpark elote so uh i i encourage you to try it all at home so get yourself some 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 elotes and enjoy uh just enjoy life man sports will be back soon we'll be here you know it, it's strap in because it could be a, a long summer but try to find those 
those little moments where you can and enjoy time with your with your family and friends safely, of course. That will do it for Locked On Socks, episode number thirty-seven. It is Herb Lawrence, Hector Wall twenty-three on Twitter, and Chris Tannehill, Chris Tannehill on Twitter himself. You can follow us, the show Locked On Socks on Twitter and on Instagram. It is Locked On Socks for Chris Tannehill. I'm Herb Lawrence. We'll see you next time on Locked On Socks.